are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 8th Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, writer and editor for LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, also a contributor at the Associated Press and former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. It is Tuesday. It is the day after... The Portland Trailblazers had a game, a game that they should win, and they did. They it wasn't the prettiest win. Obviously, it could have been a little bit smoother. Some of the starters having to get back into the game later on. Also, some some bummer injury news uh, with Mo Harkless missing the second half. But um, we'll get to that a little bit later. But the important thing is, is that they won. They beat a scrappy New York Knicks team that... Uh, while they have one of the worst records in the league, they play hard, they scrap, and I think that's why the starters eventually had to come back into the game last night. And that's, I think, what we saw in that game. But Portland wins it 111-101 behind another solid game from Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, I feel like I'm saying this every game now. Nurkic leading the way. He had 20 points on seven of nine shooting, super efficient night, got to the line nine times, made six of those. He also had eight rebounds. Uh, not not a, a big assist game for Nurk, which he's he's really been excelling at that recently, uh, especially compared to other centers in the league. Nurk has been playing really, really well, and he just did it again. And, and even though I mentioned that Maurice Harkless – Miss the second half. Jake Lehman uh, continues to play his way into the rotation and yesterday played his way into the starting lineup in the second half and he had 10 points and 11 rebounds. His first career double-double as it just seems that, that Terry Stotts is kind of going with a hot hand with Jake Lehman in the lineup and Lehman has been playing over Nick Stauskas over the last couple of games last three games and uh, that continued last night in the second half and I suspect that it will continue uh, when the Blazers have their game on Wednesday against the Chicago Bulls uh, which we'll talk about at the end of this it's going to be a short and sweet one because we got another podcast coming for you tomorrow it's going to be a Corbin Smith Wednesday and uh, just in case some of you may not have known, we will be having Jason Quick on weekly. So Jason's also going to join me later on this week. So very excited to have Jason. Very excited to have Corbin. And we got you know uh, some great minds here, and and it's fun uh, for me to have some great people to talk to from time to time and take a break from my uh, Colin Cowherd impersonation that I do from time to time. But uh, the Blazers. And took care of business last night. It wasn't. Uh, uh, it didn't. 
The first half wasn't what I expected. I thought Portland would kind of jump out to a lead and kind of take control from there. That happened in the third quarter where Portland really just took control of the game uh, from that point on. And Damian Lillard, again, setting the table. Uh, That's one thing that we've seen from him, especially since Yusuf Nurkic has really picked up some of the scoring load is Lillard setting the table for everybody else and then kind of getting his later on. He had nine assists last night in the game, and that followed his 12-assist night the other night against Houston. So Damian Lillard, obviously it's not that he hasn't been able – he hasn't had the ability to manage a game. I just think he hasn't had the luxury of being able to prioritize that first – for a long time. I think back when LaMarcus Aldridge was here and Nick Batum was here and Wesley Matthews and Robin Lopez were here and there are a lot more mouths to feed on the offensive end, he was a lot more willing and we saw that part of his game, I felt like, a lot more back in those days. And it's something that I think Nurkic really, with his play, has kind of allowed Lillard to do. And Lillard's even taking a back seat in the offense a little bit to C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum led the team with field goal attempts and perhaps Dame knowing that C.J.'s numbers are not where they usually are. Uh, is getting the ball to him a little bit more, letting him create a little bit more and trying to set things up for him and the rest of the team. And so uh, I found that very interesting uh, and, and I found it very interesting over these last couple of games where Lillard is still obviously the number one focal point of every defense, but he's kind of using that to set other guys up because there are some other guys that can score and the onus of scoring and creating and setting the tone and everything that comes with his leadership responsibilities, he doesn't have to go into that scoring mode until later on in the game. And that's kind of how you know, Chris Paul has played throughout his career, setting guys up and then taking over late. And last night he didn't really need to take over late because the Blazers had the game well in hand after a solid set or third quarter, excuse me. And so he didn't really have to do that, but uh, he, he's showing that you know he can kind of get everybody else going, and, and last night was a good night for that. You look at the rest of the box score, you look at the bench, Evan Turner with 10 points, Myers Leonard with 9 points. A lot of those points coming on a stretch where Dame was finding him in the pick and roll. Leonard was doing a really good job both spacing the floor, getting his open threes, and rolling to the rim, something he's just been much better at balancing out this season. Uh, Zach Collins also with seven points and six rebounds. And then Seth Curry continuing to fill it up off the bench. He's just been absolutely on fire as of late, and and he was five of nine last night. Uh, Obviously, like I said, the Knicks, they suck. But uh, they're a well-coached team, and the Lakers, although they don't have LeBron James, just lost to them the other night at home, and uh, they're a team that can kind of scrap their way into games. And so Portland, for the first half, that was kind of what happened. The, the, the Knicks were in this game. They were right there with the Blazers. Portland only had a one-point lead at halftime, but that third quarter really was the separation point for the Trailblazers, and they did a, you know, a really nice job in that third quarter 
of creating distance and giving the bench a chance to put the game away, although they didn't, you know, they, they had to put the starters back in at the end. So while obviously that's not ideal, you would always prefer that you can blow teams out very easily and kind of coast to a victory. That didn't happen. Portland led by as many as 18 in that second half. So it, it, it looked a lot better, I think, uh, in actually watching the game than maybe the score said uh, in the box score suggests Portland really dominated the second half, I thought, and uh, they they win their second straight game. And now, you know, we look at the, the standings right now in the Western Conference and, and Portland keeps pace with basically three other teams that are in the same spot, the Clippers, the Rockets, and the San Antonio Spurs all three and a half games back of the Denver Nuggets. So Portland keeps pace with them. And this is a homestand where they've got to take care of business. They've got to beat these teams. They've got some lowly Eastern Conference teams coming in on long road trips to Portland. And last night they took care of business. So they're going to have to do that. And Unfortunately, they might have to do that without Mo Harkless for a little while. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and talk about uh, the Harkless injury, which we've talked about a lot all year. But uh, you know what last night means and 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 what it might indicate for the rest of this homestand. So we'll be right back with more Locked On Blazers in a moment. So welcome back to uh, another segment of today's Lockdown Blazers. It's going to be a short one, so I just want to let you know ahead of time, but we will have another podcast tomorrow before the Chicago Bulls game uh, on Wednesday. But uh, I did want to talk about something that I think is going to impact uh, the, the Blazers in that game against Chicago, and that was something that impacted them a little bit and has impacted them the entire season. And that is the the knee of Maurice Harkless, which last night held him out of the second half with, with left knee soreness, and it just be, continues to be a trouble spot. And uh, at times he's looked more spry. We, we talked about that on the podcast with Jason Quick, that he's been more athletic, that he has looked better, uh, especially in, in those couple of key games. He played big roles, making big defensive plays, and – the Blazers, rightfully so, over the last three to four years, they feel that they are at their best when Harkless is on the court with Al Farouk Aminu, that that is their best lineup. And statistically, at least in terms of point differential, over the past couple of years, you can't really argue that. That has been the case. But they've been forced to look at other lineups all season long, whether it be Turner in that lineup, which that has actually served them quite well. And earlier in the season, Lehman started when they went 10-3 and without Harkless, and then Lehman fell out of the rotation. But it seems like Lehman is being a little bit more aggressive. He, he's making a little bit more of an impact when he's not make when it's not doesn't have to be that Lehman has to make his shots. You know, that's kind of the thing that has been missing from him last night, the eleven rebounds, the four assists. You know, that is the most complete ball I've seen from Jake Lehman. And and granted, uh, you know, it obviously comes with the caveat that it was against the Knicks, but he looked pretty good against Houston as well. He looked energetic against the Thunder, and I think that is what they need from him. They need him to replace, you know, because Layman is a great athlete. I mean, I mean, he might be 
as good of an athlete as Harkless. Uh, you know, he, he, he is, he can get up, he has speed, he has size, and he has all the tangibles to be a good NBA player, but it's, he doesn't have, I talked about it with my buddies this week, he just doesn't, he hasn't displayed the intangibles that are needed to be an impact player at this level. The, the hustle plays, the, uh, you know, those, the tipped passes, getting in the passing lane, being disruptive with his long arms, you know, those are things that we haven't seen enough from Jake Lehman. And I think recently we have seen that, and that might be why he's playing over Nick Stauskas as of late. But if Harkless had to sit out in the second half of that game, that kind of tells me that he wasn't ready to play in that game to begin with, which leads me to believe that he's not going to play tomorrow against the Bulls. So uh, I think they'll take advantage of the fact that they're at home. They have all the practice facility rehab stuff that they can at, 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 in the comfort of their facility that they can use to their disposal for, for Harkless to rehab and stuff. And maybe they just let him rest for a little while. Uh, and the Blazers have two more games on this homestand before they head back out on the road. But, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a medical professional, but it just, it seems like Harkless is needs another day or two off. And, and he has been playing in some high intensity games, Portland has been playing against good opponents, whether it be Golden State a couple of times, Philadelphia, Oklahoma City. You know, they, they the games that Harkless has been playing in have been high-level games. So I don't think that it's uh, – I mean, obviously it's not good. It's, just not, it's not good, and this is the complaint that I've had all season about Harkless's, Harkless and his role is not that he can't deliver when he's out there. It's just that – the knee is just not responding the way that he needs it to and that the Blazers need it to for him to be a regular contributor. And you know, Damian Lillard had a good quote on it last night that uh, you know you, you want to see him out on the court as a teammate, but also you want him to do what's best for him. And that also kind of leads me to believe that Harkless might need a little bit more than just one game's rest to be able to get back on the court with that sore knee. And, you know, hopefully it's not doesn't mean that he has to have another procedure or anything like that. But I just think that that knee is going to be it's going to be a touchy spot all season long. Um, and. Obviously, Portland has to get to the postseason first before they can get Harkless back in the postseason. But uh, the play of Lehman, you know, hopefully he can fill in some of those intangible things that Harkless can bring to the table. But, you know, that's that's a lot to expect from a guy who really hasn't delivered mostly at any level, uh, although Lehman, as of late, has been playing well. So maybe that continues. Maybe that makes it... Uh, you know, an easier thing to manage for the Blazers with Harkless uh, being in and out of the lineup so much. So uh, we're going to take one quick break and we're going to talk briefly about tomorrow night's game against the Chicago Bulls and uh, also, you know, look at the league, see where everybody is right now and see how Portland fits into that picture. So we'll be right back with more Locked On Blazers. And welcome back to our final segment of today's Locked On Blazers podcast. And before we get into uh, the matchup 
tomorrow night against the Chicago Bulls. I did want to take a little bit of stock of where the Blazers are right now in the Western Conference standings. 41 games through the season. We are at the halfway mark after last night's game. Portland is 24-17. and 17. As I mentioned, they are tied with three other teams, San Antonio, Houston, and the Clippers, for fourth place in the Western Conference. And so Portland is currently in seventh, but all those teams are tied right now. And to Portland's credit, I have to say, uh, you know, December looked like a month that it was going to have to be a make-or-break month. They had some nice wins in that time at the end of December. And then here at the beginning of January, they've, they've had a couple of nice wins here as well. Uh, and in addition to that, I think something that should get highlighted is that Portland has also created some separation between themselves and the rest of that Western Conference pack that is trying to get into the postseason. Uh, as it stands right now, the Los Angeles Lakers are in eighth place at 22-19, and 19, coming off a nice road win last night in Dallas. And behind them are Sacramento, a game and a half back of the Lakers. Then you have Utah, who's two games back. Minnesota, two and a half back from them. New Orleans, uh, Dallas, Memphis, you know, you got about six teams there that are all fighting for that eighth spot. And right now, at least halfway through, Portland has separated themselves slightly from that group. So I think we're starting to see these tiers. They usually materialize every season. Last year, it was kind of one, two, Golden State, Houston, and everybody else. This year, it's three teams at the top, Denver, Golden State, Oklahoma City, and then kind of everybody else. And Portland is in that second everybody else group and the third everybody else group, starting with the Lakers down to the Mavericks. Um, And and I I think you got to give the Blazers credit for staying with the pack and staying with the teams that uh, you know they want to be in and in the position where they want to be and give themselves a fighting chance for home court in the Western Conference. I think that is is really important for the Blazers that they stay in the mix for that. Obviously, they had home court last year. They got swept anyway, but Generally, having home court advantage in the postseason is a good thing. And I don't think Portland lost because they had home court advantage last year. They lost because Anthony Davis and the Pelicans were just a nightmare matchup. But Portland has has done a good job of keeping pace with a lot of these teams. And, you know, Portland has had their ups and downs. They started really well. Then they had to really tread water and kind of have their bad dip. And now they're kind of back... To, to kind of normalcy a little bit. They've gone six and four in their last 10. And I really do think that they're in a good spot, you know, if, if the things continue as they have, especially during the Damian Lillard era where they make that little run in March when a lot of teams in the league start trying to play their younger guys and maybe start stealth tanking and all that stuff. Portland has done a really good job of taking advantage of those parts of the schedule in seasons past. So they're in position right now, if they do that again, to really be in the mix for a home playoff game, to host a home game one in the first round. And, you know, who knows, maybe catch up to that third seed again. Oklahoma City is, is right there, but 
and, they, and they've been excellent. Portland had a, a really tough game against them. But uh, I think the Blazers deserve credit. 41 games in, all things considered, to be where they are and in a good position to uh, you know, really play well. They still have more road games and they have home games the rest of the way, but they've done a good job holding serve at home for the most part, and I think they can even improve from where they've been so far this season. Uh, looking ahead to tomorrow night's game against the Chicago Bulls, the Bulls enter tomorrow night's game at with a 10 and 30 record 10 and 30 they are terrible uh the bulls are very bad they fired their coach uh about a month ago uh they have jim boylan now who is kind of being a like a great value tom thibodeau uh, really having these ridiculous practices, yelling at the team. Uh, they have been better defensively at times with Boylan as the coach. Uh, my buddy Michael Pina wrote uh, a really great piece about that over at Vice Sports about how the, the defense for the Bulls has been solid with Boylan. So that's been a little bit better. But offensively, uh, you know, you kind of there's not a whole lot of I think the biggest threat to watch. Uh, at least for Portland, that might cause some problems is Lowry Markinen, who is a stretchy big man who can really shoot the ball, can really get away from you if you lose him on the perimeter. And then Zach Levine is really a volume scorer, a guy that will shoot the ball, you know, anytime he wants. And if he gets hot, you know, that could be a problem for Portland too. Chris Dunn is a good defender. You know, they have some solid players on this team, but. Uh, obviously, they're in complete disarray. They traded away one of their better players in Justin Holiday last week. So uh, this is not a team to fear, but uh, I honestly think this team is less uh, of a threat than, than the Knicks right now. But, um, you know, obviously it's the NBA. You can't take things for granted. And so uh, they might be looking to – kind of make statement against a good Western Conference team, this is a situation where one of those bad teams kind of play up to you, and they do have some talent. So uh, that's kind of the scouting report on the Chicago Bulls. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with another episode before the game, so keep it locked here. Subscribe, leave us a review, and we will be back with you with another podcast before and we're going to have plenty more for you throughout the rest of the week. So uh, until next time.